boy. That was an interesting thing. Hello and welcome to the Indie Dev Life podcast, a show about the ins and outs of independent software development. My name is Brian, and I'm an indie developer. Today marks a really important and honestly incredibly stressful milestone. I have just minutes ago pressed submit on the final copy of my book, Going Indie, A Complete Guide to Becoming a Software Developer. I will say going through the print book process is a little bit terrifying and pretty stressful uh, because it's something that you can't take back. That said, I'm feeling really good about the final draft. I've had a number of proofreaders and my editor look over it a number of times. I feel really good about where the book ended up, and now I'm really excited to see what happens when it gets into the finalized version that I can actually hold in my hands. I was going to record this show a little bit later in the week, but the anxiety of having just pressed the submit button has me raring to go right now. Before we get started, though, if you're interested in getting more information when the book eventually goes up for pre-order or for a release, you can get more information at goingindie.tech, where you can sign up for the newsletter for the book, and I'll be sending out all the updates there. Today I want to talk about something that is related to pressing submit on the book, uh, and it's related to a lot of the things that I've been going through lately with doing this book publishing process for the first time, and I think it's related a lot to the anxiety and some of the imposter syndrome that other developers feel when they're first starting out or when they're very early into the process of going independent. And that's the feeling that you're always behind or that you somehow can't do what other developers seemingly can do. I find that this often comes up when looking around and trying to compare yourself to others in the community. When you look at other developers in the community, it can sometimes feel that you'll never catch up to them or you'll never be able to build the kind of things they have. And a lot of times, this isn't actually because they're better developers or that they have the ability to build better software. It's often simply a factor of they've done this before. They've built software before. They've launched software before. And that they've been working on the particular product you're looking at for years. Adding features to software often doesn't take nearly as much effort as building it from scratch. And so while your software, while it's in development, or while it's being built, or while it's shortly after launch, might feel that it doesn't have as many features or do as many things, that's not because you're not as good of a developer. It's simply because their software has been out longer and they've been able to add features here and there over time. If you have a blog and you've been writing blog posts on that blog for... 10 years, then you have, by definition, a lot of blog posts. If you're just starting out, your blog can feel bare, and it can feel empty, and the site can feel like it doesn't compete with the other blogs. But one, you're not actually competing with other blogs, you're adding to a community. But two, of course your blog doesn't have as many posts, or as many featured sections, or as many book recommendation pages, or other things on it, because you just started. Sometimes it can feel that you're constantly behind, but you're comparing yourself to people who've been doing something for a lot longer than you have. You might feel bad that, oh, you know, you don't have a mobile app, you don't have an iPhone or an Android app, and the closest uh, software to you does. Or maybe other indie developers, they all have mobile apps, why do you only have a website? Or vice versa, why do you only have an app and not a website? But in doing that, you're never comparing yourself to how you are now versus where they were when they were in the same spot. You're comparing yourself to where you are now to where they are now after they've had potentially years to 
build their software and improve it and add features and build a mobile app. And so it's really important when you are thinking about your own motivation or your own self-esteem to not focus too much on that kind of thinking because you're never going to be able to match people who have had years longer to build the same thing. I sometimes look at what features I have in Pine.blog. I launched the site before it was ready, really, in 2018, and I was working a full-time job, and it sat and languished in an unfinished state for weeks. And slowly over time, I started improving it. I started using it as my primary feed reader, and then my only feed reader, and I started depending on it and improving it slowly but surely, getting feedback from others, seeing users trickle in, And slowly but surely, the site kept getting better. What's actually interesting is recently I redesigned some of the pages on the site, especially the timeline likes and mentions pages. And I didn't actually add any functionality. I merely changed how some of that functionality was presented. And in a lot of cases, all I did was move pages around or wrap them inside of a better container. And the site looks and functions markedly better now. But that redesign was done in a couple of days. It involved writing no new functionality. And so it might seem that I did this incredible amount of work or that I was able to rebuild the site in some way. But that's not true. I changed some CSS and I wrapped it in a few new wrappers. And I remember early on when I would see other people do something similar, it felt as if they were somehow superhuman developers, that I could never compete with that. But or keep up with that, more likely. But I've recently realized that I couldn't have ever built all of the features that Pine.blog currently supports when I originally launched. I could have launched more features and been more stable, sure, absolutely. But a lot of the features and designs and patterns and functionality that I've implemented over the years has been a result of me constantly tweaking on it. And that's going to be the same with any software that you build. You're never going to be perfect at launch. You're never going to be as full-featured at launch especially when you're working by yourself or with a couple friends. Even on the tooling side, when I first started Pine.blog, I wasn't nearly as familiar with the Django web framework as I am now. I wasn't nearly as familiar with how large web applications were constructed than I am now. And frankly, I didn't have a lot of the code that was reusable and repurposable that I have now, because in building Pine.blog and in building d20.photos and 99s, I've been able to build out and abstract some tooling for myself. And that makes me more productive. When I started, I didn't have that. I had to build it. And that takes longer. That makes the features come about slower. And now I can do a lot more in a given amount of time because I have that tooling in place. I have that support infrastructure. I don't have to learn about all of the ins and outs of how the framework works or how to construct large web applications or how to avoid certain security gotchas or things like that. I know all of that now. And it's easier to fit new pieces of information into that knowledge than it was when I was first learning it. One of the reasons, and I go into this a little bit in the book, but one of the reasons why I was able to build 9.9s so quickly from first commit to publish in two weeks was not because, you know, I'd become some sort of superhuman developer. It was because the vast majority of the core of that application is Pine.blog. I copied it and deleted a bunch of code. I deleted the models, the templates, but I left the core alone because I'd already set up the infrastructure I needed to have. I already had the deployment scripts and the RabbitMQ configurations and the Django security settings. I already had all of that. And so, of course, launching another service off of that same set of software is easier than the first time. 
whenever you look around at other developers or other companies in the same space, it might feel like they're able to do so much more. And often that's because they have a lot more people than you do, but it's also because they have a bunch of tooling they've already built, and you don't. But you will, as time goes on. I go into this a lot in the book. There's actually a whole chapter, arguably two, about personal motivation when you're an indie developer. Because those kinds of imposter syndrome or comparing yourself to other developers, keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing, that can really get to you when you're starting out. It can really feel like you're chasing a dream that can't possibly come true because everyone else seems to be so much more proficient or so much more productive than you are, and they have so many more apps and services than you have because you just started, so of course they do. But that that anxiety gets to you, and you have to be able to push through it. You have to be able to keep going and to look at yourself and your progress objectively, and you have to be able to see how what you're doing now is contributing to where you want to be. Because if you don't, then that anxiety will sap your motivation to keep going. It'll sap the feeling that you're making any progress away from you. And making progress when you have no one to cheer you on, when you don't have a teammate or a boss or a company deadline to keep you going, you have to supply that motivation and that congratulations on yourself. That's why I thought it was so important to start the book off before talking about business and before talking about paperwork and and building software and hosting it and marketing and things like that. The first thing I wanted to talk about was how do you keep going when you just don't want to anymore, when you feel that you're not making progress, that you feel like when you compare yourself to others it's not working, or that you're not somehow worth continuing, or your projects aren't worth continuing. Because no matter how good your business plan is, no matter how good your software is, if you get to that point, if you start to doubt the reasons why you're doing it, and you start to doubt why you even bother to keep working, and you stop working because of it, then the best business plan in the world won't save you. The best software in the world, the best idea in the world, won't matter if you won't build it. I've spent a lot of time building software, moonlighting, working nights and weekends. And a lot of indie developers do, and we do it because we want to build software, because the software we build is either cool or fun to build, Or we want people to experience what we see and what we think could exist in the world. I built Pine.blog because I wanted it to exist, because I thought it would be better than modern social networks. I wanted to take a new spin on what a feed reader could and should be. I wanted to integrate blogging with a feed reader. The biggest difference I've always thought between a feed reader and Pine.blog, or a feed reader and Twitter, is that both present you with a timeline, but only one allows you to reply and post back. And I'd always wondered, what would a feed reader be like if you could do the same thing? If you could really turn blogging and the open web into a social network. And so I set out on a quest to build that. With Adventures Codex, our goal was to reimagine the way people play D&D. Not to automate it, not simply to do the math for you, but to really take a look at this game that we all loved, and to say, how could we do this better? What are the things that are either annoying or impossible or difficult to do in an in-person table setting? And what kind of stories do we want to be able to tell that we can't currently tell when we play this game? And so we set out to do that. D20.photos is the same thing. None of these projects started out in their fully featured form. None of them started out the way they would eventually end up. All of them are still being improved, but all of them are getting the benefit from everything that came before them. Just like 
if I started a project today, I wouldn't build a queuing server. I would use one that already exists. As developers, we stand on the shoulders of the rest of the community. We import and copy each other's work all the time. And we do that with our own work as we build tools for ourselves. And sometimes what we mistake as productivity or as competence is actually simply experience. And you can't import experience. You can't download it. You have to build it and you have to do it and you have to develop it over time. And it will come with time. So don't be too hard on yourself. Build what you want and don't be too hard on yourself when you compare your work to others. They've had a lot longer than you have to get things solidified and ready. If you keep going, you'll have that time too.